Welcome to Open Banking Expo Unplugged, bringing you the brightest minds in open banking, open finance and beyond. Hello and welcome to another episode of Open Banking Expo Unplugged, the podcast series brought to you by Open Banking Expo. I'm your host, Ellie Duncan, and today I'm really delighted to be joined by Mittal Sudra, who is the Chief Technology Officer at Tarabut Gateway, a Miller-based open banking platform. In fact, it recently became the first regulated open banking platform in the UAE. Uh, there's been plenty of news coming out of Tarabut Gateway so far this year, but just a bit of background, went live with its API infrastructure in December 2019. And then in October 2020, Tarabit Gateway expanded its presence in the region by establishing offices in Abu Dhabi and Dubai. And in June, Tarabit Gateway partnered with four banks in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, where open banking is due to launch soon. So there's plenty to talk about. Uh, Mittal, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Not at all. Well, you know, we have a global audience, and, and I'm sure it's fair to say that some some of those audience members might not be quite as familiar with Tarabit Gateway. So can you explain a bit about the platform, how it works, what it does, all that kind of stuff? Sure, yeah. So uh, Tarabit Gateway, or TG, as we <laughs> tend to refer to it internally, um, our platform is two-sided. So on one side, we, we solve data sharing challenges for banks. We help banks share and monetize their data. Uh, we do this by providing compliant APIs in line with regulatory standards. Uh, you know, banks have rich data stores, but often lack the, the technical skills and resources. Uh, we partner with them to enable them to utilize, expose, and monetize that data. Uh, we also move past pure compliance uh, to explore new business models through data monetization, uh, including premium APIs. So that's on on the on the bank side, and then on the other side, we help fintechs and merchants scale their products across the region. Um, you know, fintechs, merchants and other new entrants face high fragmentation, varying API standards and ongoing revisions to data sharing regulation across the region. Uh, additionally, high interchange fees, long settlement times, high friction customer journeys, um, increase the cost of providing them payment solutions. So the sheer number of API integrations, as well as the high cost of enabling payments, make it prohibitively expensive for a fintech or merchant to scale their service across the region. So we solve all that through a, a universal single API. Okay. Uh, and, and I know you joined TG uh, earlier this year as a CTO. You joined from OpenWorks, in fact. Can you explain what, what does your role at Tarabook Gateway entail? What have you been tasked with? Sure. So I'm, I'm responsible for overall technology strategy. Um, so as well as leading um, our engineering, data science, uh, tech ops and infosec teams, um, I'm driving the integration of and adoption of TG's open banking technologies with our customers. Great. So you've got a lot on your plate, basically. Um, and uh, as I mentioned there, your previous role uh, was uh, at OpenWorks. How has that informed what you're kind of hoping to achieve at Tarabit Gateway? Yeah, so OpenWorks was an amazing journey, um, you know, where TG is solving two sides of the market. We built one side of that platform back at OpenWorks, um, serving fintechs and the banks with uh, aggregation capability for AIS. So at the time, my my uh, co-founder and I were fascinated by the notion that banks were going to be mandated to open up their customers' data. And in 2017 in the UK and Europe, when 
you know, OB went live, uh, we were the first to be licensed by the FCA as an AIS provider. So we were part of a, a small cohort of companies that were very closely with the banks in stabilizing the ecosystem through 2018. Uh, we then went on to scale that platform to be one of the largest consumers of AIS OB APIs in the UK. Uh, we were powering fintechs such as Zero and Snoop, but also banks, including HSBC and Nationwide, which were using our technologies to automate their back-end collection processes through our digital affordability tools. So that platform was acquired by Tink, uh, one of our European competitors back in 2020. And as you know, uh, Tink were then acquired by Visa, Visa earlier this year. So it was a very fast journey to build a huge platform in just under three years. And I'm doing essentially doing it all over again at, at TG in, in MENA. Um, in terms of lessons learned, um, in the week in the UK, we made a lot of mistakes along the way. So mm -hmm. it's almost like I'm coming from the future. Um, mm -hmm. I can definitely see some of the traps that the regulators, banks and fintechs are falling into. And uh, my job is to minimise those mistakes and, and push TG as an enabler for open banking and ecosystem and create a technology strategy across the MENA region. I like that, the idea that you're coming from the future. Um, well, perhaps you can explain a little bit about what the open banking landscape looks like in the MENA region at the moment, Mittal. Uh, sure, yeah. In a sentence, it's moving really fast. Um, you know, regulators are racing to catalyse the ecosystem in each country. Uh, banks are building ahead of the regulatory standards coming into effect. Um, fintechs are hungry for this type of capability. There's a wave of unicorns coming out of the region, which are building some amazing products and services. Um, in terms of broader view, I think for a long time, MENA's banking sector has been pretty conservative and closed off. Um, that's rapidly changing, you know, um, innovation and understanding the opportunity ahead for open banking is a key agenda item for the regulators. And the, there's definitely a race to be first across the countries. Um, you know, MENA's got a big population, over 550 million, um, and the business environment is, is, is ready to embrace new technology. So I think there's a perfect recipe brewing, you know, combination of very young population and also one of the highest levels of internet penetration globally, you know, 90% smartphone penetration and 5G connectivity. So the opportunity here is massive. Um, I personally think to leapfrog adoption rates that we've seen here in UK and Europe. That's really interesting and great to hear that the banks have embraced or are starting to embrace open banking. Does that mean the banks and fintechs are working together and partnering? Yeah, yeah, we're seeing um, we're seeing a lot of that actually. I think there's a, definitely a mind shift change with banks. Um, they can see what has happened and is happening in UK and Europe, and they they're aware they need to go beyond compliance to seeing open banking as a way to innovate. Um, essentially, retaining their customers by offering them a better experience through new and enhanced products and services. So. Yeah, I think there's definitely a new willingness to partner with fintechs. Uh, they know they can't build everything. If you think about embedded finance and opening up their infrastructure, I'd say the current relationship between banks and fintechs is more complementary than, than competitive. I guess that's something we've seen in the UK, you know, an example of, of where those partnerships can be less competitive and more collaborative, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, we're seeing a lot more of that. Bahrain appears to be leading the way, having launched draft rules in 2018, and it's since released two iterations of the kingdom's open banking framework. What has been the key to its progress? 
So a bit of history on Bahrain. I think, um, you know, TG was the first graduate of the CBB, the Central Bank of Bahrain's regulatory sandbox. Um, they were the first country to adopt and launch open banking in the MENA region. Um, Bahrain launched their draft rules in 2018 and banks were mandated to implement APIs by June 2019. So not, you know, fast following the UK timelines, actually, of where, where we were with our ecosystem. And after that initial implementation and feedback um, from market participants, the CBB formed a committee called the BOBF, that's Bahrain Open Banking Framework. So we participate in that committee along with banks and regulators to execute on a very much a use case driven rollout of open banking. Um, that then led to the second iteration of the framework and the latest one incorporating um, capabilities such as VRP, which enables users to sweep money between accounts. So very much fast following the UK standards, um, you know, in months rather than years from where from from where we are and as well as driving them standards and frameworks you know we're on the right hand side the other side of our, our platform we're integrated to most of the banks in bahrain uh we've got over 94 percent coverage of bank accounts in the country we're powering several uk use cases for both um aggregation and payment solutions so where this is going now with bahrain specifically is they're moving to release an open finance framework and where again we're working very closely with CBB uh, during that sandbox phase. So, uh, very much a leading regulator within the region. Mittal, I know you were involved in the sandbox in Bahrain. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so I think uh, for specifically within Bahrain, um, I guess providing a safe um, environment for for both banks, the fintechs, and TPPs to um, prove that the ecosystem is working and for also on the third party side for fintechs to uh, demonstrate some of their use cases ahead of regulation coming into effect. And we're seeing that across the region as a, as a tried and tested model now. Let's come on to regulation now. I'm wondering what role is regulation playing in the various jurisdictions that make up MENA? Sure. So um, I guess we've seen uh, Bahrain, UAE, uh, KSA and now Amman launching open banking frameworks. Uh, with the UAE where we're headquartered, uh, they've taken the regulatory route. You know, the DFSA uh, granting us AIS and PIS licensing were the first to be licensed in the UAE. Um, KSA issued its open banking policy in 2021. It's currently in the first stages of implementation, uh, requiring banks to open up their customer transaction data and APIs. We're partnered with several banks in KSA, including um, Riyadh Bank, Saudi British Bank, Alimma and, and BSF. And we're, we're, we're playing a pivotal role in OB's launched in the kingdom, which all ties to their you know, Vision 2030 programme, which includes the goal of 70% cashless transactions by 2030. So huge transformation happening really quickly in Saudi. Um, for Oman, uh, earlier this year, they launched an open banking API strategy. That roadmap includes... Uh, what they're calling ecosystem accelerators, which includes a regulatory sandbox again, but also a cloud computing framework and um, EKYC initiatives. So they're taking a slightly different route. And, but we're seeing, we're generally expecting, you know, many other countries in the region to follow suit. You know, for example, um, Egypt's uh, central bank in March, they took a big step towards digitized banking by firstly establishing a, a national network of instant payments. So um, I think to answer your original question, they're, they're playing a driving role in the region, albeit in different lanes or, or timelines of rollout on a country by country basis. 
So obviously, you know, uh, when we talk about MENA, we're talking about quite a number of of different countries there. You've just said that, you know, there are some significant regulatory developments. But I was just wondering how those regional regulatory bodies are watching the UK to learn from from its own open banking journey and and implementation kind of best practices, really, particularly as as the UK was or is a regulatory driven market. Yeah, I think, I mean, we're starting with the specification. You know, the UK OBIE spec is widely acknowledged now as the leading standard. Um, mm-hmm. And we're seeing an almost uh, lift and shift, copy and paste approach for each country um, taking that standard, but with obviously customizations to each country's specific um, localizations. I think um, every regulatory body is primarily focused on implementing best practices. You know, what can we avoid or learn from the UK and Europe to make sure we don't fall into them same traps. I'd say main learnings, um, engaging with banks early ahead of the regulation, you know, um, I think expecting there to be a period to stabilise the ecosystem, it's not all going to go live and be production ready on the same timelines. Um, And encouragingly, we're seeing a lot of automation. So, um, you know, one of the issues in the early days of the UK ecosystem was banks proving back to the regulators that their APIs were functionally conformant and met the specifications for security uh, and data quality was a, was of a high standard. Um, we're seeing a lot of automation around that conformance from the regulators now. Uh, you know, regulators are building a lot of these tools or, or getting vendors to build a lot of these tools for them so that doesn't have to be manually tested. Um, I think they're also providing lots of labs and environments. We talked about sandboxes before. But, you know, providing safe environments where unlicensed parties that are in the process for, uh, of applying for their licenses can test against sandboxes. Um, but critically, I think they're, they're more what I'm seeing is they're more focused on finding TPPs and fintechs that can actually demonstrate early value through their use cases, you know, and really providing support frameworks around ensuring them them fintechs can get licensed and be active in the ecosystem early. So I think with all them learnings from the UK and Europe, Mina definitely has an opportunity to leapfrog. Um, they're moving really fast. Well, coming back to Tarabook Gateway, I'm wondering how the platform is utilising partnerships to ensure that those open banking use cases continue to emerge and develop and innovate. Yes, we, we, we have a number of partnerships uh, in play. So starting with the UAE, um, you know, to coincide with our recent DFSA licence, as well as our partnership with the DIFC, uh, we're launching the region's first open finance lab, uh, OFL. Um, so the OFL lab uh, is an initiative we've launched to support uh, MRT fintechs and banks in building open banking powered solutions. Uh, we can do this by being a licensed AIS and PIS provider. Um, it will essentially be a live test bed to showcase open finance's positive impact on businesses, customers, and the wider economy. And we'll do that via actually showing real use cases, implementations and and live demos. Um, So that's in UAE. And then in KSA, as I mentioned before, we've got several partnerships driven through banks, including Riyadh Bank, Saudi British Bank, uh, Alimna Bank and BSF. Um, You know, the fintech sector growth in KSA is exploding and, and we'll be starting in KSA by providing the open banking infrastructure using all our experience from from Bahrain. I know you are based in the UK, Mittal, and I mentioned in my introduction that Tarabit Gateway has offices in Abu Dhabi and Dubai. 
But perhaps you can tell us more about the expansion plans for the platform. Are there plans to open other offices in other locations in the near future? Yeah, definitely. I think I mean our strategy here is um, so we're currently we're headquartered in in Dubai. We've got offices in Abu Dhabi, in Bahrain, in in Saudi as well. We have an office open there, and we've got offices here in London. Um, I guess our our strategy is to move and grow based on firstly the large market opportunities across the different different jurisdiction, jurisdictions, and secondly um, where we're seeing fast moving regulation in the region. So. Whilst core current markets are Bahrain, UAE and KSA, we have the ambition to become the de facto infrastructure for um, developing open banking in MENA more generally. So this includes expansion to Amman, Egypt and other countries announcing their regulatory frameworks uh, across the region. Okay, so plenty of news potentially to, to look out for from Tarabit Gateway in, in the future. Look, I know um, something we haven't talked about, but that is part of your long-term goal is to improve the financial well-being of, of citizens, you know, across the UAE. So I just wondered if, if you could explain kind of how, how you are going to achieve this, what initiatives you kind of have in place really, and, and what the vision is when it comes to kind of financial well-being. Sure. So I think it, it comes back to the OFL, the Open Finance Lab that we're running in, in UAE. I think that is an initiative that we're spearheading. Um, I had amazing engagement from all the largest banks um, and, a, and a really exciting cohort of, of fintechs and third parties that um, are going to be relying on our infrastructure to, to build their products and services. Um, beyond that, there there are hundreds of products and solutions emerging, You know, whether it's uh, buy now, pay later, or save now, pay later, um, propositions that are utilizing open banking, digital wallets, PFMs powered by open banking. So there's there's huge potential in collaboration between traditional financial institutions, uh, fintech startups, merchants, and third party providers. And we we sit at that juncture of all that all these spaces, enabling all the players in the ecosystem. Um, our long-term goal here, specifically on improving financial well-being of UAE citizens, is by focusing on powering those fintechs. So, identifying the next, you know, unicorns that are going to be emerging from the region and providing them with the critical infrastructure to power their their product and service. That's really exciting to hear, and I really appreciate you coming onto the podcast, Mittal. We'll be following developments at Tarabit Gateway on Open Banking Expo. Thank you, Ali, and thanks for having me. My thanks again to Mittal from Tarabit Gateway for joining us on the podcast. Great to hear what that platform is doing in the region and we'll obviously keep you abreast of of any announcements to come out of them in the future as well. To listen to other podcast episodes in the series, visit the on-demand section of openbankingexpo.com. That's all from me for now. Goodbye.